Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. I'm Alex. And I'm Britton. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. We're coming up on it, or, well, by the time you're listening to it, it's over. Um, yeah. Happy post-Valentine's Day. But here at Here Come the Sequels, we love love. All kinds of love. Familial love, the kind of love in tennis when you swing a racket. All manner of love. We're here to celebrate with you, our loving listeners. Today, I've been Britain. <laughs> I was I was waiting to see if there was a, a built-in gag there, or if that was just... I said swing a racket. That's always fun. Yeah. I did a little Britain from I'd... Venezia. It was just coming from your heart, you know? It was. Oh, just thing. like... We have to... Yeah. And what better movie for me mm-hmm. to talk about? This, this movie really is about love. It really is. It's about my love in of a lot it. Of ways. Um, Alex, that movie is Supergirl. Yeah. Tell us about Supergirl. I, I, I can, I can give you, give you some facts and figures about Supergirl. We are not. Well, we are no fat. We are, we are diving right into the exposition, just like in Supergirl. <laughs> movie starts Phantom Zone. All right, <laughs> and it never does tell us where. Argos comes from. No. Or whatever the city is. Ah, Argo City. You know, it's, it's out there. Uh, Tyler, I was kind of hoping you were going to go, and it never quite tells us what. And then <laughs> <laughs> That too. That too. Uh, Supergirl from 1984, directed by, and, and y'all, y'all correct me here if I get this wrong, Jeanette oh, no. Schwark? I genuinely do not know. My thought <laughs> okay. is Geno Swartz, but there's no reason that would be that. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Director of Jaws 2. Okay, that's right. that's what I was thinking of, because I know you guys flagged that in the chat, and I just wanted to make sure that that got Flagged it in the somewhere. chat. There we go. Chat flag. More like Je ne Shark. More like Je ne sais quoi. I don't love about this je ne, movie. Je ne Shark quoi? Je ne Shark quoi. Britain for for those listeners who can picture Britain's face. <laughs> yes, um, he is very pleased with himself. <laughs> so I think we'll be reviewing Jaws two next before we get on to Man of Steel, but not Jaws Man of Steel. Super Man, Super Man of Steel for the one with the whales. <laughs> Continue. Alex. So it's directed by this person, JS, as I call them. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll need to go back through because I know occasionally we have asked this question of what is the lowest rated movie we have ever done, at least according to Rotten Tomatoes. Um, let me check the Christmas of the Cranks or with the Cranks score just to be sure because mm-hmm. I, I believe that was the lowest for That's the longest wild time. to me. Um, Supergirl has an 8% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 26% audience score. Critics, come on. Also, I think it's funny because uh, also uh, around Valentine's Day, uh, Madam Web is coming out right now, and uh, yeah, I've seen, yeah, yeah. I, I've been, I've been watching with 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 much excitement as the Rotten Tomato score just drops and drops and drops. It's a race to see if it beats Supergirl. I know. For those really future, is. for those listeners in the future, there is a certain election coming up later this year. Alex is watching the Rotten Tomato score with, with much more anticipation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Than, <laughs> yes. Than, than, what, <laughs> than whatever's going to happen in that one. 
Um, yes, so uh, Christmas with the Crakes has a 5%. We have not beaten that. Wow. There we, we go. That's crazy. And we will never beat it. <laughs> Probably not. Man. Unless we do do like, a, like uh, I don't know, like Jack and Jill or something like that. I don't know. Mm. No. Mm. We can't do, we can't try to find it. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, yeah, we can't. It has to. Christmas it has with the Cranks was sort of in the Santa Claus umbrella. It was also my fault, and it was Alex's fault. Much like this movie, although Britain's not complaining. No, I think I'll this movie it. was kind of Britain's fault. Well, <laughs> because I think Alex probably would have just been like, "Yeah, Superman, let's do that." It is directly connected. We've added the bells and whistles. Mark McClure. No, I, I think the, the OCD part of my brain would have been like, "We have to do it." This is the deluxe package of the Superman franchise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're getting we're getting the the heated seats. We're getting the GPS built in. Yep. This is a deluxe package in like 2009. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a CD player. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a CD player with multiple CD. Yeah, changer. Kind yeah. of like cycle between them. <laughs> um, I do. Britain, tell us about Supergirl. hey, well, Supergirl. Uh, the synopsis for which reads thus. Kara of Argo City poses as Clark Kent's cousin, Linda Lee, to recover the Omega Hedron from an evil Terran sorceress, based on DC Comics characters. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Alright. Now you know the Fair movie. Enough. This yeah. movie does not uh, hew closely to the Supergirl mythos as I know it. Um... I, I will also give a disclaimer here that I, I do a lot of jokes and I act like I'm a big idiot and all this other kind of stuff. And, and but when I talk about recommending like bad movies and stuff, some of it is ironic and some of it is like, look, this actually gave me a lot of entertainment and pleasure. This is a movie that I, I do think of as a a good bad movie, but also a movie that I genuinely enjoy and genuinely brought me a lot of pleasure. So even as I'm like cackling over it and making jokes about how it's, you know, what I like about it is that it's bad or whatever my enjoyment of it was very sincere. And so I, I don't want that to get lost in my, in my, uh, uh, defense mechanism of comedy. <clears throat> I am genuinely glad that somebody enjoyed it. <laughs> I definitely feel like it was not as bad as I expected it to be is, which is not to say it was good, but I, I feel like, again, we, we we're now, I'm curious how long we can keep this going because this is this is a couple of movies in a row where kind of the way that my I understood it was just that it was it was just dreck. Yeah. It's like, oh this is this is the worst that movies have to offer all in one franchise. And that's two in a row. It's been like, ah, that was bad. Could have been better. Although I I think Superman three, I don't what did I get that? C minus? I think so. Like that. So like even that is that's not necessarily like a bad grade for me. Like like yeah it's fine this will probably get worse than a c minus but uh <laughs> it still is not quite as uh awful as i had i had been expecting so that was nice yeah because it's good <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i i had never actually seen this one before and i i kind of came uh, at it from a, a similar way as tyler um just kind of expecting the worst um but also i don't know if it helped or hurt Britain, the way that you had kind of framed it beforehand in terms of it being no this is a so bad it's good Mm -hmm. i really feel that this movie demands a group watch if it's if it's going to be viewed in that lens because i was not doing very well with it um by myself 
Um, I watched yeah. it through four different sittings. Um, and the first one, I only got 15 minutes in. I was like, I'm, I'm not doing this right now. And then he was, he was clawing at his bedroom door going, <laughs> <laughs> more or less. Um, and it, to be clear, I don't hate the movie. Uh, I'd have to do some mulling over in my, my mind, my mind, um, about like, if it is one of the worst superhero, I mean, it is one of the worst superhero movies, but like in terms of like, would it hit like top 10 worst superhero movies? I That's- don't know. That's, I think, an interesting question. I like this Brent more than trying Logan. trying to blow us away with his cold breath. You like <laughs> it more than Logan? I like it more than Logan. Okay. In terms what of... What did you give Logan? In, like, whatever. In terms of, in terms of <laughs> entertainment per second? Yeah, I find this more Brent, entertaining. we are movie scientists. We are here to objectively... <laughs> you, can't, you can't bring these, I didn't these say, feelings into it. I didn't say I respect it more than Logan. I didn't say it was better made than Logan. But you do. I said I, I get is. more enjoyment out of it. Logan doesn't have Peter Cook yelling at Brenda Vaccaro and uh, Faye Dunaway. And Brenda Vaccaro's, okay, nice talk to you, Nigel. And Faye Dunaway goes, no, it wasn't. And then slams the door in his face. Yes. So good. No- I will say, talking about how the movie was made, this might be a good entry point for it so this the budget for this movie is pretty similar to superman 3 um i don't know if we really talked about that much but like superman the first one was very expensive for the time and then superman 2 is about the same because they were all kind of made together and then these last two have been they were like 35 million which at the time i mean that's now probably i I did not do the math like i did for superman but 700 million yeah 700 million (laughs) would probably be somewhere in the range of like the hundred thousands, yeah, hundred thousands, hundred millions, you know, somewhere in that area. Um, and you can tell that like the, this is still there's a lot of practical stuff. Um, yes, there are some effects that are just very wonky and just like I don't know, man, green screen. The, the flying Let's doesn't look as good. However, there are a couple of shots where the flying, like sure. yeah, they do the wire work and it all like it comes together. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting mix of stuff that just is totally like, yeah, you you did not, you were not going to pull this off with the the effects and the budget of the time, but other stuff that's like, yeah, that's actually kind of cool. Like that's a that's a nice approach to it. Yeah, I, I actually on the technical side, I was more impressed than not. Mm-hmm. I actually thought the flying was fairly consistent. Yep. Um, probably around around the same quality as as maybe the third movie. Yeah. Um. Where it's like, okay, clearly we don't have the guy who is here and kind of helped put all this together in the first place and has a really good handle on it. But, um, yeah, whenever she's just flying on wires, like, all that stuff's just awesome. Like, yeah, keep keep doing that in all of these movies. Even the modern movies, keep doing that. Yeah. We like that. We like that. <laughs> when I loved all the production design, like, I think uh, all of Faye Dunaway's, like, hideaways look ridiculous. Like, they're just... Uh, <laughs> intense statues like theme park haunted mansion yeah exactly i loved looking at the at the costumes i loved looking at the production design I, I, argo city looks really great it looks like if a a giant spider from space made the erudite uh stronghold and divergent it never ends great yeah i i i think this movie has pieces a lot has a lot of pieces that i really like I don't think they add up to a, like a masterful experience, but like I, I really like a lot of the performances. Like genuinely like a lot of the performances. I, I like I said I love the way it looks. I love that it's practical effects. Like this movie just works on me in such a Britain way. 
that like I can defend it in some cases in terms of intent, but no, it's not as polished as you know whatever. But I I don't turn this movie on for polish. Sure. <laughs> like like I said, this is the second time I watched it, and I was like, the first time I saw it, <clears throat> I was like, oh, it's a good bad movie. And this time I went, now that I'm watching it after the previous three Superman movies, I can also see what I genuinely think works about it. Yeah. Um. And also, yeah. It's, then when it doesn't do that, it's like a good bad movie. I do think it's too long. Um, yes. It could it could be like an hour forty five. I think you could you could trim a lot of this stuff down. That said, Mia Farrow still gets nothing to do, and that's kind of funny that they cast Mia Farrow <laughs> as Kara's mom, and she's just like, "What will happen? Nothing." <laughs> Argo City didn't even blow up. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's- well, that's because Supergirl got back in time. It's fine. Yeah, that's true. It is interesting how they try and replicate the superman formula but like on a very superficial level yes where it's like extreme we'll cast we'll cast an unknown as the lead um and just get someone who looks like straight off the page um and then we'll surround them with like really really talented actors um or yeah. at least well renowned actors um and <laughs> peter o'toole more renowned than than talented I, well says I, I was I, I was thinking Marlon Brando, but <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, I, I was thinking more. I was thinking backwards, not sure. not 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 the the current the, uh, our, our current situation. Um, but uh, and then it's just like, oh, script? What script? <laughs> yeah, like I that's think, yeah. that that is the the, the thing that that it's just it, it continues to to kind of stick in my brain of just like you got rid of Richard Donner and you got rid of Tom Mankiewicz and I'm like there. You need a story for this to work for me, at least. Um, And like, Britton and I were talking about this beforehand. I kind of feel like this is about the same quality as Superman three on a story level in terms of just it's utter nonsense. Um, At least Richard Lester, like in that movie, it feels like he's a lot more open of like, yeah, this is a joke. This is ridiculous. Whereas this one is like writing that line. Where it's like it's almost like wink, wink, nudge, nudge territory, but uh, I don't know. When it when it does jokes, sometimes it's like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, like that's a that's a joke that it thinks is funny, and then it doesn't think this other thing it's doing is funny. Right, but it, it it's like Superman three in terms of just being utter nonsense, but it doesn't have Christopher Reeve or like kind of the centerpiece of lead with enough charisma and charm and kind of built in audience emotional investment to really kind of anchor everything and no shade to Helen Slater, but like she has nothing to do in this. And like Supergirl as a character is flat and boring. Yeah. And I, I I agree that the Supergirl character is not as interesting in this. And, and, you know, to say that someone is not as does not have the Christopher Reeve gifts is not an insult to anybody. I would say that it's a thankless task to try and do. It's like, how do you, you can't follow Christopher Reeve. Um, but I, I think because the Supergirl character in comics, like uh, two of my favorite comics are Supergirl books. Um, I think that can be, she can be a fascinating character. Um, but I, that that's just not, <laughs> not who she is in this. And this, she really is just teen girl Superman, but doesn't really have like, th- this doesn't have the uh, ground level heroism that the other Superman movies do of like, there's not a montage of her going around just helping people because she likes to help people. I believe that this yeah. character would help people because she likes to help people, 
but we don't have that as as much as the for at the forefront as we do with Christopher Reeve. Yeah, and that's that's really where like a lot of the world building is just not there. Yeah. And the first Superman movie took great pains to be like, we need to establish why Clark ends up the way that he does, and like yeah. his upbringing, and why he has certain values, and why he wants to become a hero. Kind of what pushes him to do that. And in this, she's just kind of there, and she just happens to have a Supergirl outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. It's it's nonsense. Like, and, and you, you can go with it. And I, I I feel like if I were watching this with you you guys and we were just riffing on the thing, I'd be able to go with it. But watch, yeah. I it was it was not a, a fun experience for me. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, again, I, and, and all that stuff can kind of work for me because I'm me <laughs> and I'm able sure. to be like, yeah, sure. Um, not, not to skip ahead to recommendations, but Alex, I do have a movie that I think is more of an Alex movie. It's called mid aughts gun preppy. And it's a movie all for you. It's got stars. Uh, Taken? Nope. It's, uh, it's called mid aughts gun preppy. <laughs> and it's got uh freaking Jim Sturgis in it. And he's, uh, got a high collar and rich parents <laughs> and, He's got a failed relationship with Mina Suvari, so he goes to college where Jennifer Esposito and Jude Law are there, and they're like, you should do spy stuff. And he's like, okay, I'll do spy stuff. He does spy stuff for a while. And um, the score is only one song by Jim Resnick over and over and over for 114 minutes. You know, I've never had AI try to write me a movie before, but that was that <laughs> I, was pretty good. I'd like I to see that. that. I think you just made Quantum of Solace. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, but somehow think, at more optimistic. <laughs> I think it. I think it qualifies uh, similarly for Alex in terms of a. We've got we got Supergirl for Britain. We got Quantum of Solace for Alex, and we got Halloween Resurrection for me. Yeah, and that's uh that's those are our, those are our picks. Um, for best movies of all time. Uh, <laughs> Supergirl. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Supergirl <laughs> is a movie in which there are actors. Uh, yes. And I, I, I will, having said the thing about Helen Slater, I really like the other actors in this. I think Peter O'Toole is so much better in this than Marlon Brando was in Superman. Yeah. Because I think Peter O'Toole seems to get it. And Peter O'Toole is just like, he is chewing on it. He is having fun. He's got so much more energy. He plays Zoltar. Mm-hmm. And you get to see the phrase Peter O'Toole as Zoltar in the opening credits. And there is a fun thing where the opening credits are rolling and it shows Supergirl, the, the title logo, but it's kind of just the same as all the other names. Yeah. And it's in the middle of everything. So it kind of is like, hey, Supergirl's in this. Uh-huh. Okay. It's kind of blurry. One of the actresses. Cool. Yeah. Peter O'Toole has this great line where he's like, but I can't. And then zip zap. I'm ready. <laughs> and at one point he he has this thing called the Omega Hedron, which is a glowy mm-hmm. ball you can buy at Spencer's Gifts. And he throws it something goes haywire and it breaks a window and he saves No, he 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 lets Supergirl have it to yeah, make a yeah, yeah, yeah. dragonfly come to life and the dragonfly that's destroys it. That's it. very important sort of Rube Goldberg mechanics. I had no idea what was happening. Imagination uh, was happening. Imagination, yeah. But he goes, they're like, oh, it's okay. Zoltar was a mistake. And he goes, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, yes, but I must be punished. I must be sent to the Phantom Zone. And I was like, good, say it. <laughs> We're here <laughs> already. Just say that you're going to the Phantom Zone. This is amazing. 
And he's having, I don't know, it feels like he's either having fun or he's just putting in the energy. And I'm, I'm yeah. into it. Do it. A real performance. I like it. Thank you, Peter. I like Maureen Teefy as uh, um, Supergirl's friend. Lucy Lane. Lucy Lane, Lois's sister. Yeah, that is a fun, weird twist. I don't, I, I don't even look up to confirm if that is a comics thing or not. It would not surprise me because comics did a yeah. lot of these things. See, see the Captain Marvel family. Um, but like, I, I thought that was kind of fun. And then we bring in Jimmy Olsen, who I can't tell if he is a different character in this and the way that he is written. It kind of feels like it sometimes. No, I mean, they say um, he's Jimmy Olsen and he works. No, with no, no, no. He is, he is Jimmy Olsen, but like the way he's written is very, like there's a, there's a couple of times where he sees like chaos and he's like, ah, oh, I see. Don't worry about that. <laughs> can't help that. And then he just kind of walks away. Yeah. I'm, I'm, he feels a little bit different I'm, versus I'm like not... running into a chemical factory. I'm not super opposed to the connections to the Superman movies in this, but just it it's so it's so half baked in terms of just the logic. Yeah. It's like is Earth the size of two city blocks? Like everything <laughs> is so close together yeah. and there are so many coincidences. Like the whole scene where uh Kara disguises herself at at the the all girls school and we can we can try and figure out what's going on there because i was just like well what is uh, all girls schools were you know more common back in the day that's where girls would be the only people at a school the only students at a school um yeah you know to try and teach them life skills teach them you know definitely kind of an outdated concept these days uh but that's what an all girls all girls school was um (coughs) school with all girls yeah read about there were uniforms you know see now now that you say it like that how could I not have figured that out? <laughs> <laughs> but, but but she shows up and she, she we we do the the same weird thing that the Superman movies kept doing, where she just like magically can can change her clothes and just like yeah, sure. It's I don't know. It's that's, pre-established that they have these abilities. I know, yeah. and, and the, but that's that's the weird thing because it's like that's like one piece of continuity that they seem to like stick with, and I'm like, is that just because you don't want a scene of them yes. having to like find somewhere to change? And yeah. yes, yeah. Um, but the, like it worked once. We made all the money that time. Let's yeah. just keep doing it. Um, yeah, it'll work next time. But she just shows up, and she just happens to be paired up with uh, Lois Lane's sister. And like the whole conversation where it's like, oh, I'm Clark Kent's cousin. Oh, wait, <laughs> they both work at the same office. And here's a Superman poster, by the way. I was, I see. I Whenever people <laughs> use the she they just happened to argument, I'm like, well, it's a movie. Like, what do you want? <laughs> like, of course they did. That's like saying, oh, so this British character just happened to be born in England. It's like, yeah, because the this is one. <clears throat> it's John extreme. McClane just happened to be a cop. <laughs> like, I know that's it's not what ex- you're saying, Alex, but. It's extreme, but I I feel like this one it worked a little. It was a little cuter <laughs> to me. Yeah. It's like oh, that's sweet. like I don't think you could get away with it in like a super whatever you know the next Supergirl movie or whatever. Like I don't think you could you could be like well, I'm, I'm have the same premise happen or anything like that. But I I think for this with the tone it was kind of like oh that's this is a spin this is a, a a silly little spin off of Superman. How how cute they got the this like sort of daily planet uh dynamic but with spin-off characters and also Jimmy Olsen again. Um Yeah, I'm I'm okay with 
kind of, you know, weird coincidences happening sometimes. Because, like, like you said, that, you know, it's just movies, and sometimes we have to have efficiency with the storytelling, and it's like, okay, yeah. I get it. But for me, it's like when, when it starts to pile up and just, like, coincidences keep happening, because, like, the MacGuffin just lands right next to um, to Selena, the, the witch. <laughs> like, it just lands right next to her, and she happens to be right near this, this all-girls school, and is Selena, does she have powers before she uh-huh. she gets... The, the MacGuffin She's a practicing witch. Yeah. Okay, because Nigel's been helping her. I'm like, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I kept flashing back to, and, and like I said, I, I rewatched Spider-Man three recently, so this is maybe it. But it's like, it's the excuse of when the symbiote drops and it literally lands right next to Peter and and Mary Jane when they're on a date. And I listen, right. and the producers are like, "Yeah, in the comics, it's this whole thing, you know, where it comes from space, and there's an astronaut thing, and whatever." And then in our movie, it just lands right next to him, whatever. <laughs> if someone made a movie about each of us, and then they were like, "Oh, so now for the team up movie, Alex and Tyler just happened to end up going to the same college that happens to be in the same town Britain lives," you wouldn't be saying that because that was our lives. That's not the argument I'm making. No, I know. But if 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 uh, if Britain was uh, the younger brother of we we if we all had a, had a journalist sibling <laughs> going on uh, at some fancy at, at yeah. the New York Times, then we're all the younger sibling of one of the journalists from Spotlight. If that was the, <laughs> the scenario. Yeah. Then it'd be a little, it'd be a little much. I'm Britain, Britain McAdams. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it's a silly movie. Whatever. Like this is not the the biggest deal in the world. It's just like it, it's little things like that where sometimes I catch that in 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 movies, particularly I think it's... particularly movies where it's like it's it's supposed to be about building some sort of mythology or there's some external world building where it's like oh it it can be very very heavy on one's imagination like we can kind of come up with anything and then they resort think... to and this character just has to meet this character so whatever it's it, Earth is two blocks it's fine <laughs> I think it bothers me more in this because they they really don't want to address some of the things some of the other like touch points with supergirl and like the fact that she's like yes i'm clark kent's cousin and they don't explain at all what argo city is or like how how like the these kryptonians are over here and like how they're cousins and yeah like all why she has the superman supergirl suit like that looks the same like it's all very (laughs) like oh we don't we don't really want to want to deal with explaining that part and and so like I think I would enjoy it more if it was like, oh here's this really fun, like side mythos to Superman and like we're adding we're building up this whole extra thing over here and that like everything ties back into, the Superman movies and you know then you you have uh you you can have people related to Lex Luthor as the villain and uh, like yeah d- d- play it up if you're gonna do that but I feel like this there's too many things they don't want to try and deal with in terms of connecting all the dots and they, they kind of want to just be like, eh, it's a movie. They're just doing a movie. It's just the scripts and plots are happening. Um, See the way that I watch this movie, all of those things are pluses. 
the fact that like and i'm serious like the fact that the the orb just lands next to selena i'm like great that's fun let's do it movies I, i'm more i'm more talking about like the world building yeah well, like, i'm same i mean like i don't i want because i i, I want this movie to... doesn't need to have that like i think i think the movie that y'all want it to be needs that sure. but the movie that i think it is doesn't need that i don't think it needs to explain argo city it's just like yeah there's argo <laughs> city come on i feel like for what they were going for Maybe, maybe. I feel like they, maybe. I <laughs> I feel like they needed to, yeah. they needed to like connect the dots more because this is clearly a movie that they're looking to sure, sure, get branch out right off the kind of uh, prestige of the Superman series. Yeah, like oh, it's a spinoff. It's gonna, it's yeah. gonna have a lot of the same things. I think they need to connect some dots more there. Yeah, if this is meant to be connected to that franchise, and we're pulling a lot of elements from that franchise. Maybe try and emulate some of the, uh, the the world building from that franchise. But if you're trying to watch it to have some yucks, none of it matters. Which I'm not. Which which comes down to viewer intent more than filmmaker intent. Right. I do like that she writes her own recommendation letter from Clark Kent. Yes. Uh, on like does like super typewriting and mm-hmm. puts the file in the principal's or the dean's desk and whatever that's fun yeah i like that bit great um so this i i may have genuinely missed something and and this could be a i see it as a bug but it's actually a plus so tell me the whole time where she was at the all-girls school and like she was just in the classroom or or you know they, they were out you know playing sports and just doing shenanigans the whole time i was going isn't she trying to find this thing to help her people? Right. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't miss, I didn't miss like a, oh, I can just chill here for a little bit while I figure something out or there's not. Or, any... or, the, or that it was like, oh, there are clues here, but I have to info, but I have to pretend to be a student to get close to such and such. Right. Yeah. No. Okay. I didn't miss any. Okay. <laughs> not, not, she not has to knowledge. understand the culture right. of humanity in order to get to know That's how great. to find the Omega Hadron. Yeah, that that also felt very tacked on in terms of like, what does she understand about Earth and humanity and stuff, and what does she not? Because occasionally she'll be like, "Wait, what's that word mean?" And I'm like, "You should yeah. know with that." <laughs> Which really feels like that should be the entire movie. Sure. Is like, what is she? I hop. Yeah, like she she stumbles on <laughs> What is Sears? <laughs> the image of what this this yeah this Supergirl sitting in an I hop I hop like pancakes and then just zod comes hurtling through the window <laughs> <laughs> utter destruction toys are us why that's incorrect by your earth grammar um yes how, how did you guys feel about the the scene where two guys like try to assault her i felt um, i felt one happy to see matt frewer matt frewer here he is max headroom i felt uncomfortable which i was supposed to feel and i felt like the movie kind of like with superman 3 did a good job of acknowledging like this would be a scary thing no but then also they get beat i kind of wanted her to beat him up worse well i I, my my question is just that subject matter like and i i don't think that the scene in superman 3 necessarily belonged in that movie either um but that movie has so so much tonal whiplash i don't even know um Whereas with this one, I'm like, I don't even know if that belongs in this movie. Yeah. With the tone I, that yeah. it's going for, I don't, I think that might be going a little too far. Yeah, I think it is. 
it's a sensible subject to put in in terms of the the allegory of what do women have to deal with, et cetera, or what what can people have to deal with. But it it does feel oddly dark for a movie that is otherwise very silly. Yeah. Yeah, because they keep trying to like like they're it's one thing for them to be like oh they're being sleazy and trying to hit on her, but it, it is like yeah they're clearly trying to like maybe not kidnap her but uh yeah 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 gonna capture go her yeah I don't know and the, yeah it is a little bit I <laughs> I do like the way that scene ends and I think it helps with the tone a little bit that they both are lying there in a bunch of trash or something and. They're like, let's just never talk about this to anyone. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's some sort of line like that. Um, But yeah, and I think that's like, this is probably the bigger, the biggest problem for me with the movie overall is that we have a lot of introductory scenes of that. First, she just shows up. She's wearing the Supergirl outfit, whatever. Sure. Um, The, we, we get some buildup for what Vey Dunaway is up to. And then, there is this like thirdish, maybe half of the movie. I, I think it's probably more of a third of Supergirl just kind of like adjusting to life on Earth. Yeah, and then we end up with the plot where Fade Away tries to seduce. Uh, is he a a plumber? It's like a he's, a, a he's a landscaper. Yeah, landscaper guy. Yeah. Um, and then she enchants him to fall in love with supergirl instead with the first person he uh, he lays eyes on yeah who is is well not supergirl but yeah. linda linda lee um and then they like that we kind of hit that point and i i was like okay whatever that's kind of silly and then it kept going and i realized no that that character is just part of the movie now like yeah. he, that wasn't like a bit yeah no that's <laughs> he, the is he is important <laughs> and there is just a long stretch where that is the yeah. plot is like resolving this magic love tension thing where the ages seem very off I, I don't know I how old I can't tell how old anybody is each of them is but if supergirl is supposed to be able to be a, a like school age girl or college and... age well i, I was confused to be by that but because just her her physical performance at the beginning where she's in argo city Ar- argo, argo city. city okay tyler you're argo gonna have to ex- city yourself you're gonna have to explain the mythology to, that was very good you're gonna have to explain the mythology to me um just because i isn't there like a bottle city of candor isn't that a thing that's different. yeah but that's in a bottle yeah I didn't know if it was like, oh, we we're not going to actually use that, but it'll be like a little reference. I don't know. No, I, no, think, I think Argo City is in the comic. Well, none of it's real. I think Argo. <laughs> I think Argo City is no, in the comic. No, it's com- real. Bro. <laughs> it's like the Shire. I think yeah. Argo City is in the comics because I think she's from yes. Argo City for in the the CW show as well. Okay. Yes, Starring it's like Melissa actually, Benoit. it's like a city that survived the explosion of Krypton because her father built a dome around it. Yeah, is the idea. That would have been a nice line of dialogue. Right. But that's not... This movie also has it, it... It's not just like, oh, this is a floating city in space. It's This is a city in between the inner and outer worlds. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little different. But but the point I was trying to make was her performance at the beginning of that, it feels like she's playing it as a teenager. Like she's right. trying to play like a it a little old. more immature. Yeah, even younger. Yeah. A little more yeah. And, and it seems like her performance kind of bounces back and forth. And I would imagine this is just like 
trying to handle the script one scene at a time. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and who knows? They could, they could have been rewriting this the whole time. I mean, I, I don't know a whole lot about the production of this one. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of hard to tell, to, to properly gauge her age. And then, yeah, some of the other characters, I, Jimmy Olsen had that joke in the last movie about some of his buddies still being in high school. And we mm-hmm. were all like, no, you're like 30. What are you, what are you talking well, about? <laughs> he reads his maybe 20, but yeah, I, um, yeah, it, it, that is a little, a little odd. Um, I think so. The, the Flophouse did an episode on this movie, and I wish I had re-listened to that prior to to this. Um, but I really recommend people go and listen to it. They have a guest on that episode, Glenn Weldon, who's like a pop culture writer. He wrote a, a book called Superman: The Unauthorized Biography uh, about just the history of the character, and he's a very knowledgeable, very interesting guy. And they talk a lot about just various elements of the movie. And I think I, I remember it being a really good examination kind of breakdown of, of the picture, but part of it is they talk a lot about the Faye Dunaway thing as being this like, like rooted in like queer storytelling <laughs> comedy that like, it's very camp. It's mm-hmm. very drag. It's very, like her and Brenda Vaccaro have this very sort of not, the, not literally queer dynamic, like dynamic but queer dynamic in the sense um the way they sort of fuss at each other and how that's glenn weldon himself i believe is gay and he talks a lot about that element of that and so i think a lot of the stuff with them is very this is what the movie's trying to do and the movie i think and i think faye Dunaway, by the way is genuinely great in this i think she's so much fun i i love the way she plays it i think she's got enough sincerity and enough camp like i think she's really really selling it there's a great line towards the end in the big face-off where Kara says something like, you know, not everyone on this earth, not everyone was put on earth Mm -hmm. just to serve you. And she goes, more or less, I think they were. And it's great. Like that, that's, Mm -hmm. I think great dialogue. And like I mentioned with her slamming the thing in Peter Cook's face, like she is so good in this. Um, I think she's on like the Robert Vaughn. I think, I think they drank the same Kool-Aid of like, yeah, okay, I'm just going to go out in there and have fun. I, there, there is one. There's one element that we'll get to that kept sure. distracting me the entire time. Sure, and it's and it's probably not something that anybody else is thinking. But it's just, we'll okay, it <laughs> um, yeah. But but that yeah, that, I do think that, yeah, I do think that is one of the. I think the the problem I have is more that the the script does not really know what to do for the second half. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it kind of just is like okay, we've set up these characters and there's some tension and okay yeah now where's the rest of the movie it, yeah um there's and some so odd. there like there i want more interaction between her and supergirl and yeah. i want like there to be more movement where it feels like every scene is kind of like okay now there's another thing happening and it's not really getting us anywhere yeah but more conflict is is being added <laughs> i don't know it, it's it's not it, it doesn't have momentum once we kind of hit that point and that's where, what I mean by, like, the scenes kept going, and I kept being like, oh, they're still on this, like, magical love plot. Okay, this is part, of, this is the whole thing. <laughs> like, this is what the the drama of the most of, like, the second half, at least until the very, like, third act climax area, um, until we get to that point, like, most of what it is. So, I don't know. I thought it was a, a little bit of a, a slog <laughs> to get through at that point. 
Um, but I think that there's a lot of bits because even within that, there's stuff that there's the entire uh, not bulldozer. Yeah, oh, it's like a it? crane uh, or a some sort of thing crane thing on it. Um, is is uh, smashing its way through this uh, sort of idyllic city uh, block. Love it um, so much. And it's cha- and like that's that's all practical yeah. and like it's smashing through stuff and it's taking out a bar and like going and doing all- it's trying to chase after love interest man and uh, that's all fun and interesting. There's like some storm effects where she gets Supergirl gets attacked by a magical storm and like there's trees falling down and stuff and it's like eh, it looks good. Um, they have a carnival <laughs> segment where there's like a carnival ride thing. Like each of these individual little set pieces is like, that could be a scene. You, you put some effort into that. That's the production values there. Like that was, that was, that was a good attempt at something. And then just in sequence, it does not, yeah, it does not pr- turn into a effective <laughs> plot. Yeah. I think one, one thing that one mistake that this movie kind of repeats from, basically all of the other superman movies except for maybe superman 2 is just i don't care about the villain plot hardly at all um and uh, i think faye dunaway's performance was carrying it as best she could for a while but really like it, it that second half it felt like it was just going in circles in terms of like oh supergirl's foiled me again and i still don't have my my love interest um and it's just like it, it it was the most just superficial dumb thing and it's like that you have magic powers and there's there's millions of of uh, guys on earth like you can this this is should not be a problem um Alex, love is not about quantity it's not love she she used a potion to trick him <laughs> to trick him love potions are not about quantity <laughs> but she yeah i um yeah Loved it. <laughs> Never bothered me. <laughs> um, which is not me saying it's well done. It's me saying I was still entertained. Sure. I think if you, if you find that premise just amusing of like, I can't believe a super villain is actually doing this. Like you can have two reactions, right? You can look at that and say, oh, that's really dumb. I don't care about this at all. Or you can go, oh, that's really fun and interesting. Let's just see where this goes. <laughs> well, the funny thing is I wasn't even thinking about either of them like i was not thinking about her motivation i was just i was just with the vibes and the energy and the performance see that's the problem britain maybe it's just that tyler and i have been doing this podcast longer (laughs) than you we're we're stuck in our ways sure i think i think sometimes vibes work on me we just alien versus predator did a number on us a long time ago there's a a dark mark on our souls Well, that neither of us, not, none of us are are watching the movie wrong per se. Like we're all just bringing to it with our bringing our own experiences to it and our own preferences for what we think it could be, should be, want it to be, etc. Right. So none of us are explicitly wrong. If anything, I've never watched a movie right after Alien versus Predator <laughs> Requiem. Sure. Aliens versus Predator Requiem. But go on. Wait, really? That's oh my, yeah, it's my it's point exactly. It's very stupid. 
The, f- um, the first movie is called Alien versus Predator. Both are singular. And then the second one is Aliens versus Predator Requiem because that movie does nothing right. It, can li- it literally can't even get, get the title right. Do they get Predators after that, right? Yes. Do they ever bond over each of them having like a funny mouth? Like, you know, we're that, not so that, different, that was, you, you and mean, I. Like, you, know, you the, mean like kissing? I mean, maybe. You know, there was a fun little featurette on, on the Blu-ray um you, you had to hunt it down and get like the the best buy steel book and there's there's a little bit of them just chilling in a diner having some coffee yeah. you know there's probably art of the alien and predator kissing alex look that up yeah. i think that what happens <laughs> in supergirl <laughs> no i um one of the things that i really liked is how after <laughs> faye dunaway like gets a lot of power and then a mountain shows up and apparently it's been like this for a while, but of course it's seeming it seems like it's only happened like within the same day. Protesters have shown up with signs. <laughs> like get That's Selena out of New Mexico or whatever. Like it's there's it's, it's so there's a fascinating like uh you know, what are the what are the normal people doing in yeah. this this world kind of uh thing that is is uh funneled through um lucy lane uh-huh because first there's there's a it, during that sequence where the construction equipment is smashing through down their their, their area um up and down the street it there is like a f- several minute long sequence of of it hitting things and it takes out this, this building and all this stuff and then we jump back over to the diner where they're they were all having like lunch and uh jimmy olsen and or jimmy olsen is is looking out and uh, it's I, I forget the exact setup, but basically, one of them is like, "Oh, what's going on?" And you can see in the shot that there's this store that has had the front taken off of it and is currently half demolished. And they're like looking in that general direction, and then one of them is like, "Look at that!" And then she's like, "Oh, what's that?" <laughs> like, it's funny because the set is good. Yeah, like it's a full set, but. <laughs> the, the the logistics are there. but yeah then the mountain shows up um not from game of thrones and no. a literal the, mountain he, and everybody knows her name is selena and they're yes. she and brenda vicaro are, and hart bogner are driving around in a car like taunting people and people are yelling at them and it's it, it's honestly kind of like power rangers and it's so sure. funny i i i thought about that when we were discussing the the mcguffin landing right next to selena yeah. This this is basically operating on Power Rangers logic. Yeah. Sure. Which you would think would work for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just don't have the suits. Yeah. That's the problem. Maybe that maybe I you am need... maybe I'm secretly the most superficial of us cuz it's like unless they have those dang suits, it does not matter to me. It you is needed... immaterial. You needed the green Supergirl and the red Supergirl yeah. and Alex is over here <laughs> just no, dream Alex is like Hart Bachner's great, but I'm dreaming of a White Ranger. Um, Hart Bachner was in Die Hard <laughs> as a Harry Ellis. Just putting that out there for everybody. Also, his name is Hart Bachner. And his name is Hart Bachner. More like Heartbreaker. McGuffin. More like McBuffin. Uh, and also, that's what I've got. Hmm? Also, for for DC fans, he would end up voicing the. I think he's the District Attorney in Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. There you go. Look at him. So he 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 bounced back. You you don't you know. get to be in that having ever been in a bad movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But I just um, love that suddenly the townspeople, mostly Lucy Lane, are protesting Selena driving in her car. And, and awesome. Lucy Lane is like, you you stole my friend Linda. She disappeared yeah. the same time you showed up. Like, there's no... She, that's She explains her logic. Yeah. And it's that the same day the mountain happened, Linda disappeared. <laughs> so they're obviously connected. It's so good. This is what I um, assume Night Vale is like. And also... Yeah. Yeah. And uh, also... At that point, uh, Faye Dunaway just has like a SWAT team <laughs> on payroll, who <laughs> just like shows to yeah. like to, to to escort everyone away. They just show up and have their like riot gear and just like Faye Dunaway drives away. It's it's a lot. Oh yeah, there would have been more, but she listened to that. I think it was Anna Wintour's uh, uh, advice about how whenever you leave look in the mirror and take away one SWAT team member from your patrol and then go out. <laughs> okay. It's um, great. One angle with the story that I did actually like in terms of being a, a pseudo sequel spinoff of the, the previous movies. I do like that she gets trapped in the phantom zone. Yeah. <laughs> and I like how they replicate the effect of her getting trapped. I think mm-hmm. ultimately when she lands on that planet, land whatever it's supposed to be um and then you know she she kind of stumbles around for a bit falls in some ooze uh once again power rangers um and then peter o'toole finds her um then i'm like okay because there's like a crashing effect with like the the glass that that you know the phantom zone glass that goes spinning so i'm like did she crash land on a planet or are they still in the phantom zone and i guess they're still in the phantom zone it's an odd it's a thing where that's where the movie, like, having the dated effect, I think, really sells. It helps the, like, oh, this feels weird and kind of disjointed. Well, it's the Phantom Zone. Um, yeah. It's a little Lynchian. Yes. And I don't way. like the word squirt, but it's funny hearing Peter O'Toole go, squirt? <laughs> squirt? Squirt? With he has this bottle of, like, green ichor. And I thought at first that once she drank it, it was going to be like in Quantumania, where now she can understand him and they speak the same language. But he does, and later on he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Have a squirt, you'll feel better. <laughs> oh, I love Peter O'Toole. Yeah. It's great. Um, during that sequence, Peter O'Toole dies in a tornado. Yeah. Um, the effects not very good. It's a big, weird red tornado. Which is a uh, which is a uh, Supergirl villain. Yeah, it's true. Um, but I I don't. I, I feel like it's still better than Paul Kent and Man of Steel. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think there's still more. It's, it's more sold emotionally. It makes more sense. She tries to save him and she can't. Makes more sense why she can't save him in the moment. I'm just saying. Just saying. It is funny. Also, there's a moment during that sequence where he uh, is like, all the bad people are over there <laughs> on that hill. <laughs> you can't see them, but they're over there. They've tried to escape. So there's a binary good and evil. Okay, Neil Breen. <laughs> it does raise the question of um, uh, Zod, Ursa, and Non. Like, yeah. what exactly was their situation as they were coming out of the Phantom Zone? But whatever, it's fine. Yeah. It would have been was... funny if the only thing Non ever said was squirt. <laughs> yes. I, th- I think that was the one section where I was like, A for effort. I appreciate this. Yeah. Um, once Supergirl escapes the Phantom Zone, Faye Dunaway summons a giant monster bowl thing. Who we never bowl, see bowl that thing. clearly. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of it's kind of neat. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of was not expecting that and was here for it because it's it's a I don't know if it's like an animatronic or what exactly. I don't, it just doesn't seem like they would spring for that. But I mean, it doesn't have like a lot of articulation, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but it is very tall and it's practical in some parts. That it also kind of there's like a stretching animation they do on Supergirl that's a little bit like oh my, um, that's not. That's, that doesn't really work, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's it's trying to grab her, and they they try and do something with that. But there is some sort of model there, and it is pretty cool. It reminded me of Demon Bear in uh, New Mutants. Sure, and, and a little bit of Merlin Shop of Mystical Wonders. Do we okay. do we think when, when they were making New Mutants that they they looked back on this movie yeah. as a source of inspiration? Yeah, that would explain a lot. Yeah. Do I think this movie looks four years into the future at the little boy who is about to be born? And we're like, we're doing this for him. <laughs> we're doing this for that kid. Yes, we are. Um, Peter O'Toole, t- talk about the Phantom Zone so fast into the movie. So, so Tyler, just to, just to be clear, and Britton, you can help too, because you've, you've read Supergirl comics. And Thank I, you. I, I have not. Um, Power Girl I, is different. I, yes. that, I know that. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good there. Um, how much of this is accurate to source material on any level? No. Yeah, I mean, because so I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. Because at least, like, the first Superman movie, at the very least, like, it got the basics yeah. right. Like, it got like Krypton blew up. He was sent sent grew up in, in Smallville. Yeah. We show that stuff. Fortress of Solitude. Become Superman goes to Metropolis report like we get like the basics down correctly. This I mean, one, I got the impression I wasn't actually sure, but I got the impression of all we have to do is get the costume right. Nothing else matters. Yeah, and, and, I think it's yeah. not too far. Like her father's name is Zorel. Like, okay, that's a thing. Like there, there's stuff like that where it's and she is his cousin. Yeah. Um, I think Argo City, Argo City, I think is a real. Yeah, so the idea is like the city floats away and then she escapes there. The weird thing about Supergirl is that literally the next year uh, in Crisis on Infinite Earth, she dies. Um, So she's not part of the like big DC reboot. That was like one of the things of like, ah, she's the she's one of the she and, and Barry Allen. Also, it's like, oh, these are the tragic figures who will 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 never return to us until we decide we need to in like two decades. Um, and so like, that's like, she, they, she's not part of the, the post crisis continuity when they reboot all these characters and do like John Byrne does man of steel and like does a a sort of realignment of the man of steel origin that pretty much sticks and is like the, the classic version of it. Um, and so then like, Supergirl keeps showing up as like different characters in comics. There, there's multiple other characters who are either not really Supergirl at all and are like robot Kryptonian thingamajigs, or not not quite robots, but Kryptonian constructs. And there's a couple different iterations of Supergirl that are separate. And then I think finally Jeff Johns probably does it in like the aughts and actually brings her back and kind of just does i think something related to this but basically like there's a lot of time period where she probably would have had a more established 
origin if she'd been around for as a character for the writers to be like let's do the the true supergirl story um so i don't know yeah it's a little it's a little wonky the my main introduction my main knowledge of the character comes from two books which are admittedly takes like one-off contained stories or the supergirl tv show which i watched a season and a half of um sure and was itself a take and, and i still get the impression of her that she like she doesn't have her own rogues gallery you know she just kind of borrows from what's around her because like i don't know selena or zaltar is not a villain but you know like i don't know how many of these characters i think there is a lucy lane because i know there, I, there's a lucy lane in the tv show at one point i think jenna Dewan plays her um i could be wrong that might be somebody else i think that's her though See, that's uh, actually kind of the goofy kind of comic book stuff that I actually like. I like how they keep doing the, the alliteration with the females yeah. in this world with sure. double L's. Yeah. Um, that I don't know that that for some reason to me that's that's kind of charming. Yeah. Um, but I did want to ask about Selena because I'm like I on the one hand I do I do appreciate that they're trying to do something different. Um, and it's like, okay, we're going to do a magic bad guy. They're not going to be, uh, an alien from space. They're not going to be a, a businessman or like a super criminal. It's a witch. Um, but at the same time, it's like, it feels very made up for the movie. And this is one of the, the key examples that I can come up with. Um, cause this happens kind of during this period of like the eighties and nineties and even a little bit into the aughts of like, sometimes there would be superhero movies where it's like, it's basically in name only. And the villain is made up for the movie. Um, and it's very confusing to me because I'm like, well, you have source material theoretically, but Brenton, if what you're saying is correct, if it's like Supergirl doesn't really have much of a rogues gallery in the first place, then it's like, well, you're, you're probably, you probably have some more liberty to be able to kind of make yeah. something up. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, and I don't know that. Kevin Smith may be screaming at his phone right now. Sure. <laughs> she like Supergirl would have had more comics floating around, but these would have been like sixties and seventies comics at this point. Um, kind of alongside like Superboy and stuff like that, where it's like, eh, yeah. th- things are, things were a little weirder and looser back then. Um, Selena apparently as a character, has gone on to like become a comics character. I don't think like Agatha Harkness. Yeah. Um, but she has appeared in, Oh, she's appeared in eight issues (laughs) according to comic mind. Um, but also apparently she shows up in the Arrowverse in some form or fashion. And it's supposed to be like a reboot of the character. Okay. Oh no. (laughs) Starring suits, LA star, Stephen Amell. I was gonna say they they tend to bring in some of the alum from these movies for various oh, roles. Oh yeah, right? Helen Slater plays uh, Kara's adopted mom. Yeah, in the Supergirl show. So I'm like maybe they brought somebody back and and put them in, in the in the Selena role. Who knows? They very well might have. I we'll never know. Didn't watch. Uh, well, Kevin Thorbo showed up, and I started going. How much am I going to watch of this? Look, look. I I have I have uh, I, I I have long. Um, uh, accepted in my brain the fact that at some point I will rewatch all of the Arrow seasons that I have watched and watch the rest of the show. I am not doing the rest of them. I can't. I, I can't really do thought it. you were about to say all of the Arrowverse. No, yeah, can't do I it. Like, can't I don't. Do it. Okay. I understand okay. why you would pick Arrow. I feel like Arrow is not the right choice. <laughs> I, it's not. It's I not the right choice for you. No, no, for me it certainly isn't. <laughs> I did remember liking season two. Um, 
I don't know what would be, generally speaking, considered the best. Maybe The Flash? I feel like The Flash has the most... I don't know. I don't know. I feel, I feel like Legends of Tomorrow is probably the most consistent yeah. I think from is. what I've heard. So Yeah, yeah I don't think it like went quite long enough for people to turn on it. Or for, like, it, feel like, it feels, feels like with all of them, they yeah. had points where it just was... The, the audience seemed to turn on them. And yeah. they apparently lost their way. So, as I said, if I can't watch, if if I have to quit Supergirl, something's going on. Yeah. <laughs> um. Exactly. Anyway, that's a show that had dialogue I consider unlistenable. This had dialogue I was like, "This is not always very good. Let's have more of it." <laughs> I like the way you're playing it, and it's enjoyably bad, and at times quite good. I think. Um, I do. I do want to talk about my. My one little weird hang up with this is that this movie reminds me a lot of Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. It came out the same year. Um, Faye Dunaway's performance makes me think so much of Sigourney Weaver as okay. corrupted Sigourney Weaver in that movie. <laughs> um, there's like the whole thing with this this freaky, weird, mystical creature that keeps growing. And then obviously yeah. you have the big demon at the end. Um, there was one other thing. Stuck out to me. No, I'm not. I'm gonna forget it. Um, but yeah, there. I mean, I think just in general, like the fact that it's like, oh, we're doing a supernatural villain for some reason. Um, all of that was weird to me, and I was like, huh. Dune also what, came. What out were audience? What were audiences? What Dune also came out this year. There you go. <laughs> what were audiences looking for? <laughs> Guys, can you imagine being uh in 1984 and being able to go see? Supergirl, Ghostbusters, Dune, Muppets Take Manhattan, and Amadeus in the same year, and The Natural. Be amazing. A passage to India? All the hits. All the hits, Alex. I really like the idea of, like, modern internet culture trying to rate, trying to, like, exist in 1984 and be like, we got two movies. Got two movies to talk about. George Orwell be like, 84 is like this, real 84, and it's like a picture of them doing whatever. I didn't do a good job of recreating a meme, but you know what I'm saying. Wanna, Watch I'm the Goldbergs. Cut. The Goldbergs probably did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to cut that audio out and just like, I don't know, I'll see, find a use for it. See, uh, uh, Britton, I, I appreciate that you're like, oh, 1984, George Orwell. And, and meanwhile, yeah. I'm like, Oh, the Apple commercial. Yeah. <laughs> um, how, how did we feel about like the very end? Because she does actually fly back to Argo City and that like there's no real resolution. There's not like a scene where she gets reunited with her parents or anything. Yeah. It's just like and cut to credits. We are done. Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you again in a, a terrible CGI monstrosity in The Flash. Oh, yeah. No, I know. I mean, it, it doesn't work, but I like it. <laughs> it is funny when she loses the uh, Omega Hedron and she just like gets in the tiny little bubble car and just like after it in I space. It's great. I, I was very confused by that. J just because oh, yeah. it is the whole idea like she feels like and uh, 
like I said, like uh, we don't really get into like her motivations for a yeah. lot of that, aside from like I'm vaguely trying to save my people. But is it like does she feel guilt because she is the reason that it got sent out? Like what? Yeah. She immediately kind, kind of just springs into action, and I'm like, yeah, but why? I mean, I think yeah. some of it we can just intuit, like, and I think some of it is that, right? It, but it I, is the, that she feels guilty. Yeah, but but like I said, like I, it's one of those things where it's like I I never feel like I get a clear read on her, just scene to scene, in terms of like I don't know what this character is. Sometimes she seems immature. Sometimes she's very confident. And, like, I, I don't know how competent she is in any given scenario. I don't know. Like, I, I, had, I had a hard time um, following her as a protagonist. Also, the effect where she's flying through space is terrible, but I liked it. There you go. So we can agree on that, Britain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Jerry Goldsmith's score is fine. Yeah. Yeah. He he tries is, to give her a theme and you know, it's fine. It is it is nice to have a real uh score for this movie. Sure. Uh, I noticed that earlier. I was like, ah, that's music. There is there's a real attempt there. Jerry Goldsmith <laughs> I was looking him up. I there's not much that I I I think he did did he do Casino Royale? Am I making that up? Oh no, he I think he did the original I think I saw that's what I saw. He did the like early casino royale um, ah okay so he did the 60s one yes uh, th- there's a handful of, of odds and ends things that he's done um i know that there's some podcast stuff that he's done like stuff that we he's done that we've reviewed but i can't think of it and i, I he he's done a ton so it was hard to sift through it um but i appreciated that i was like ah you you, you put some money into the composer you didn't just like hamstring the budget for that and say you know we can just stick any old music in here and it'll be fine yeah i want to say the big one that he did was the the original alien oh okay checking on that and then he also did like a i think a few star trek movies so that makes sense we have anything else we want to say about britain's favorite movie of all time supergirl i wish i remember more i wish i'd written down all the lines that i liked because there were several it's kind of like fast 10 d plus (laughs) what did you say tyler d or b d uh, yes. I give it a B minus. Dog. This movie is a as an F plus. My Halloween Resurrection grade. This movie is an <laughs> F plus, but I'm giving it a B minus because I'm also rating it based on my own enjoyment level. I really think that the best way to enjoy it is to go in willing to laugh at it and willing to appreciate the campiness and maybe even to take it as a standalone. I think to, in a way, maybe you have to watch it against the movie's intentions to enjoy it. Um, it's not as it's not as embracing of a good bad as like Timmy and the T-Rex. It's not as baffling a good bad as cats or the room, but it's not, I don't know. I think there's enough there to just kind of delight in the campiness, which at times is very intentional and the stuff that they mess up, which is obviously not intentional. Um, I just think a lot of it is there. This is not the ultimate Supergirl. Like in many ways I shouldn't like it because Supergirl is one of my favorite 
superheroes and I love being super and I love uh, women of tomorrow very, very much. Go read both those books. But um, yeah, it just makes me happy. <laughs> I think it's, it just, yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. It is not like my favorite bad movie. It's not my favorite superhero movie or anything, but I do, I do get a, a big, a big old kick out of it. B minus. Do you think B minus for Britain D plus you said Tyler? Yes. Okay. Um, I do think this would be a better watch in like a, as a group watch. Sure. I think that would, sure. I think that would elevate it in a lot of ways of just being like, Oh, you can kind of deal with the silliness a little. Then more. it becomes like a social event and you can be like, did you yeah. just No, completely. So that's what we'll do tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, asterisk next to my grade. I'm giving it an F. And the asterisk <laughs> is, I've watched it by myself. A group viewing probably would make it like a D or a D plus, I would imagine. Um, no, I... F is w- for friends who do stuff together. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Britton. I, I know. I, it's okay. I know that's so, uh, disappointing. I know. I'm fine. <laughs> no, it's okay. So we're, we're continuing <laughs> to look at these. It, I give Christmas of the Cranks an F, probably. It, it took, well, that... <laughs> Okay, that's that's a so bad it's good. That, that one. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not deluding myself there. Um, but for me, it was just it was it was too tough a watch, and like I, I didn't I didn't actively hate it, but I, I particularly that that second hour was just it was a chore to get through, and I had to watch it in four sittings. That's the way that I watched it. And normally with with the movies that we do for the podcast, it's normally like I'm able to knock it all out at once, or you know. Two sittings. Um, but like when it gets to four, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm struggling to get through this. And yeah, right. I'm, I'm not able to enjoy it either on the movie's terms or what the perception of the movie is several years removed. Weirdly, um, now you know how I view many of our podcast movies. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, it just didn't work for me hardly at all. Uh, sure. Even if there are a couple of amusing performances and, and people are actually trying, like it's a it, it, bad script. It comes down to it's a bad script, doesn't work. You can have all the talent in the world try and support it, but if it's a bad script, it's not going to work. And that's me. Well, there you go. Speaking of the opposite of bad scripts, um, I watched Spider Man 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am currently trying to, I know we just did this with Superman 3, but I'm currently trying to look at. Where do I feel like this would land in top or bottom 10 worst superhero movies? Because I do think it would be a little worse. I'm curious if it would make top 10. I'm not sure. Continue with your recommendation. Put a pin in this exercise. I was looking at my letterboxd and I I did give Supergirl one star. um, And right next to it, it was like right on the end of the one stars. Um, and right next to it was Thor Love and Thunder with one and a half stars. So there okay. you go. <laughs> okay. That tracks which, yeah. which is probably a movie I actively dislike more, but also, I don't know. I, I get, I, I probably get more out of that. I don't know. Movies are weird. Movie grading is weird. What are we doing? Why do, why, why do we do a movie yeah. review podcast? <laughs> good question. Um, <laughs> uh, Spider-Man 3 real quick. That is a good example of a movie that does much better on a group watch than it does watching sure. solo. I'll I'm say sure. That. I'm sure. Um, well, and watching the film solo. There you go. Our Alex favorite Star Wars film, right, Alex Tyler? Wolf, do you want 
can I just throw out some bad superhero movies and see if Tyler ranks Supergirl higher or lower? Or do you want to save that for later? Let's let's do our recommendations and then okay, we'll get okay. to that. Because let I it let it yeah let it sit. For I, a okay, I, okay. I do I do Purple like that light. that as an idea. Um, okay, uh, recommendation. I am trying to um, rewatch True Detective to get to season four because I've heard good things about season four and I'm excited. Um, I like Jodie Foster quite a bit. Uh, I, I, obviously, everyone loves True Detective season one, so I don't need to say anything else about that. It's great. Um, season two, I stand by. This is my second time watching it, and I still really like it. It's very different. It's not. It's it's going its own way, and I guess that much like Supergirl, it works for some people and not for others. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I really like it. I really like the cast. I think it's an interesting premise for for a season of television, and yeah, I like it. So that Rachel McAdams? Yeah, it's Rachel ah, McAdams, um, Colin Farrell, and Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then Vince Vaughn is um, okay. kind of one of the main mob characters, and that's a point of contention for a lot of people, because a lot of people don't think he works very well. And I From think the he's, internship? It probably would have come out around the same time as the internship, which is really <laughs> funny. <laughs> Um, but I actually like Vince Vaughn quite a bit in it. So you could be good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will, I will watch season three, which is great. Mahershala. Um, oh, man. And then season four, I'm excited for. Love Jody. You want to go Tyler or shall I? Okay. Um, I don't know how I'm going to transition, how, but I'm going to do it because I don't want to miss this recommendation. Um, I took myself to the theater at long last. I did it. I saw it, went to a movie all by myself, held my own hand and everything. Um, and I saw the zone of interest. This is the new film from Jonathan Glazer who made under the skin, um, and a few other things. Uh, and it's up for some Oscars. Um, it's a very serious movie. So pardon the tonal whiplash I'm going into and out of this recommendation, but it is a movie about, uh, Rudolf Hess, who was a, um, Nazi commandant in charge of Auschwitz. And he also designed like their crematoriums and sort of designed some of the ways that they would uh, uh, exterminate people, essentially. Um, and the interesting thing about the movie is it a lot of it takes place at at their home, him and his family's home, which is literally a, a, a wall separates them and Auschwitz. So for so much of the movie, and you never you never see inside Auschwitz, you never see anything happen. But you'll have all these scenes of them in the garden. His wife, Hedwig, is like playing with the baby and like, oh, look, at you like the azaleas? And the baby's like reaching at the flowers and you'll hear a gunshot in the background and they'll keep playing. And there's no react, like they don't react to anything. And you'll hear dogs barking. You'll see smoke coming out of the chimneys. Um, you'll you'll get these moments of like just total bucolic, you know, familial life. And then knowing so clearly, but not overtly that that's happening, right? Literally over a wall. Um, you'll see trucks come and go. You might see some workers in the field, like through the grass and stuff. Um, but it's 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 an astonishing movie. While I watched it, I was like, yeah, okay, sure. I think this is good, definitely. And then I got up the next morning. I was like, I'm still thinking about it. Like some of these images are still so clearly in my head. It does get a little abstract with the filmmaking at times. It opens with like black screen with score such that I was like, it took a long time such that I was like, do I need to tell them that the movie's not showing? Um, so heads up. So did a little abstract. I had to look up, uh, some stuff just to make sure that I was reading the movie, just the, the literal present events correctly. I'm sure there's a lot of thematic stuff that, that I would get on the second watch, but, um, 
it's 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 extremely haunting and extremely effective i think i I, it is not a visually graphic movie it is an emotionally um graphic movie it is it's an interesting movie to watch and i have another recommendation coming up in a few weeks um that will also be like this um but it's an interesting movie to watch kind of in the wake of oppenheimer because this movie obviously has a lot less sympathy for this person than it did for Oppenheimer. That's not a biopic of Rudolf Hess, but, but this movie, especially the ending shots, it it is, I think very, very clear what this movie thinks of, of Rudolf Hess. And it's very effective. Um, The acting is, is good. Uh, Sandra Huller plays his wife and she is in anatomy of a fall. She's nominated for it. Anatomy fall is also a, a quite a good movie and she's scorching in it. Um, I'm pulling for Lily Gladstone, but Sandra Huller would not be a bad win. Um, neither apparently would be uh, Emma Stone. So you got a you got a good got a good group there. Um, but I really, really, really like Zone of Interest, and I think if you can see it in a theater, I really recommend it because that sound, the distance of the sound, is like it got nominated for a sound Oscar, and like I think it would be a really deserving win. But even outside of Oscars. It's so effective. It'll be effective at your house, but it was really effective in a theater to be in the dark and have these, again, beautiful images of the countryside at times. They're going out into the river to row a boat and then realizing that there are human remains in the river, you know, Um, like just the way it sort of introduces that stuff um, with a, there's a plainness to it that is, I think, obviously thematically echoes how Rudolph and his family were, Rudolph has were like viewing these atrocities. Um, yeah, anyway, it's, it's, it's an exceptional piece of work and I'm glad that it got the attention that it did. And I hope more people will check it out. So, uh, that is the zone of interest. I didn't realize it was Jonathan Glazer. So I definitely want to check it out because I, I do really like under the skin. And yeah, I gotta watch that. A lot of what you were saying about like, oh, it leaves kind of a surprising amount up to interpretation. So I need, I wanted to check on some things. That's exactly the read I had when sure. I watched under <laughs> the skin. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. And Consist- like I said, once again, consistent yeah. filmmaker, he knows what he likes. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yes, yeah. And like I said, when it got to the end, I was like, "Yeah, I, I, I keep picking up what you're putting down, Jonathan. I'm with you here, buddy." And yeah. meaning that I agree with him, of course. Yeah, great, great movie, Tyler. There you go. Uh, I'm gonna bring us right back around because uh, I am recommending Hotel for Dogs. Slash... <laughs> yeah, a similarly haunting film. <laughs> um. Uh, no, I'm 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 recommending slash reinforcing I think a Britain, previous Britain recommendation which you just mentioned, a Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. I've I've, there it is. I've lined it up perfectly. I did not plan to do this. I had the book from I got it for Christmas and was uh, had had read like an issue just to check it out and then was like, all right, cool, I'm gonna get into that and then um, ended up sometime over the past week reading like one issue and being like. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, you know, I'm kind of curious what's going to happen in the next one. And then, like, just ended up getting absorbed in it and spent an entire evening just reading the book. And it's eight issues, I think. Um, it's dense. It's Tom King, who I've read, like, a couple other things by not a whole lot. Um, but I know that he is a wordy writer, is generally his approach. Um, and the, it's not... I. There are things that I'm... I still like I'm processing and am wondering if it's if I like the way it was executed with in terms of the ending um and kind of totally what it's going for what the 
I guess the message or the the themes it's going for, I, I'm still undecided on that. But I think the overall introduction and the way that it is like a here is a representation of Supergirl kind of gets her you get her whole mythos in there it, it, it doesn't start that way feeling like it's going to do that but it ends up getting into her origin and like tying that into uh, her motivations in the current story that's happening in a really cool way um it's a really well thought out well constructed graphic novel that miniseries that just like i think does a, a great job of capturing the character i know that they're saying I, is the movie going to be named Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow? It's going to be named that. I, I, I obviously don't know what the... Pl- it would feel weird for this movie to be her intro- the, the introduction to this version of the character. But, yeah. Because I feel like this movie almost... This, this book almost relies on you having some kind of knowledge of her. But maybe not. Maybe so. I think you could you could work around that in some ways. Yeah. Um, but I know that they... I know Gunn has said that this will be an inspiration at least. I don't yeah. know what will be remixed for the movie. You said it's the Tom King one, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think he's part of, like, I know James Gunn had, like, a picture of, like, here's all the people that are, like, in charge of the DC movies now, and Tom King was there, so. Writer's room. Yeah. I I don't know if that means he's going to have, like, direct influence on the screenplay, but he'll be there. Yeah. He's a, I know he's kind of a controversial figure in the, the, not for anything he's, done necessarily he is a i think he's an ex-marine oh wow um either that or like ex-cia forces yeah maybe that's it maybe that's what i'm mixing it up um and so like that you know people read into a lot of his work i think maybe maybe validly i, I don't think i've read enough of them to say one one way or the other how i feel about it but people read in a lot of extra things it does there, there's a part of me that feels bothered by the fact that it's like this is kind of the current definitive supergirl story and it's not written by a woman like that this is the one that's most like popular and out there but i think it it does a really good job of um approaching the character and not having it feel like there's this it, it feels it feels well thought out in the way that it's approached and the fact that it is about a female character and not a, like a male empowerment fantasy yeah. thing like it's <laughs> it does a good job i think of approaching it that way so and the art is uh, gorgeous yes uh bill bilkis bilkis Evely. yeah I do not know how to say i think her name yeah i i, I certainly don't know the first name from Evely, but yeah correct but incredible art ordinary very very heroic good. and swirling and yeah yeah that's a I, I i knew you would like it but i'm so glad to hear that you did i love that book it does the thing that I like where rather than making the like moralistic, you know, good guy hero gritty and evil, it puts them in a lot of gritty and evil circumstances and challenges yes. their morality with worlds that they are in. And I think that is so much more interesting than Supergirl being like, yeah, but this time I'm on heroin. <laughs> like, it's not what the, that's not it. It's like, what if you're having to deal with racism? What if you're having to deal with utter cruelty? How do you how do you go yeah. up against that? Wait, wait. Are she, are you telling me she doesn't walk up to the villain and go, "Oh, I, I I'm, I'm not going to break you in half. This is mercy, you scumbag." Right. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you, Superman. <laughs> yeah, thank Tyler you for is, very kind. Guys, thank you for Su- doing me this kindness. Is Supergirl worse than Man of Steel? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Absolutely. I think so what did I, what did I give? So the so I, I think I think Alex hit the nail on the head with Love and Thunder. I feel like that's exactly where I where I would put this. I think that like sort of very messy. There's things that enter- entertain me. I don't particularly look at it and be like, that's a movie I want to go watch again. Um, like the, I would need some time for it to settle. That's, that's probably man of steel. I think is, is too much of like a normal movie. Even if there is stuff that is, that I don't like, especially after watching some of these other Superman movies. So. I I shouldn't have led with man of steel. In, in the kidney. All right. Kidney, is kidney. it worse than Greatest Showman? I, I've i never watched. Your you, you know what? I, have, I haven't I have seen it, but right. I will say Supergirl is better than The Greatest All Showman. All right. Okay. <laughs> because I want to be nice to my friend after being mean to him about <laughs> a dumb me. movie. You weren't, you weren't mean to me. <laughs> All right, Britton, let's get into this game. Let's, let's, yeah, let's do this. All right. This. Is it worse than Suicide Squad? David Ayer. No. Am I getting asked these questions too? Just people talk. This is a, I, I'm a I, proctor. I would, probably not. Suicide Squad, I think, continues to be my my number one worst oh, wow. superhero movie. I think that's I, I think that's top on the list. I think Suicide Squad for me is one of those. It's just like the production to me is so baffling that like yeah. watching the movie, I feel like I could like just it could be fun dissecting it as opposed to like oh i'm watching a movie and being yeah. genuinely entertained by it you know that kind of thing sure. so Tyler, i don't do really view would, it as a movie i guess is what i'm saying do you think you would like suicide squad more better if it was your daddy's superhero story yeah yeah probably but it's not um is it worse than <laughs> x-men apocalypse yes i knew yeah. Alex was gonna say yes <laughs> x-men apocalypse is i i don't think x-men apocalypse is the is the one to go for. I think Dark Phoenix for me. Is sure, yeah. Dark like, Phoenix is pretty bad. Where do, we, where do we land on that? Yeah. And I don't know if I have an answer. I think that's in a bucket. I, think I also Dark like Phoenix, Dark Phoenix more than Supergirl. Than for- we, we, that goes on. You yeah. like Dark Phoenix better than a lot of things you should not like Dark Phoenix. <laughs> that's true. So. I think I think the real question in terms of the Fox universe is um, uh, New Mutants. Yeah. And I that don't know that I genuinely do not know. Bucket, I think I have that. I have that. So for me, I'm, I've pulled up Letterbox just as like a reference, and I have Dark Phoenix, New Mutants. I think I have Love and Thunder. Yeah, Love and Thunder, Quantumania, uh, Deadpool two. <laughs> I've got all of these at the one and a half star realm. So I think I have Green I'm, Lantern around there too. I'll give it. I'll give it above Deadpool two because I don't like Deadpool two very much. Okay. What about Scorpion King? <laughs> I also have. I just looked at the fact that I have Scorpion King at one and a half stars. Okay. So we're in that. We're in the right. Okay. Ballpark. What? 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 What was Scorpion King's running time? I'll, I'll give it to whoever's the shortest. <laughs> it's definitely Scorpion King. Ninety two. Yeah. Scorpion oh, King. Scorpion King all the way. This movie is Russell Supergirl is too long. I do your own grant that. <laughs> is it worse than Morbius? Which no. which my argument about Morbius is it's too it's too bland to be bad. Too bland to be no, interesting. No, I, I, I think Morbius is worse. I think Morbius yeah. is just nothing. I barely. I, it, it is. It. I, I think I'm gonna say they're the same. They're on the same level for me. 
No, in, in that, the only way I can get through them, I would never want to watch either of them alone. Sure. I want, if they Too have scary. to be group watches. But I don't think, and I say this as one of three members of this podcast who recorded a commentary over Morbius the first time we watched it. I don't think it was that entertain, like entertaining enough to be like... Yeah. There's nothing about Morbius that I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting or fun or weird. There's like, really nothing to talk about with, with it. Like, it's just... It's, yeah. <laughs> just sort of pop Madam Web, do better. <laughs> Madam Web, do better. Is it worse than see, Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice? See, see, see the, more, the more the Madam Web score drops, the more hope I actually have. Right. Yeah. Keep it, keep keep the negative reviews coming. We need to get that to like a six percent. Then I'll be confident. Yes. Yeah, confident in what? Who knows? Um, I'm confident I'll get a reaction. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I'm gonna say better than Batman versus Superman just because Batman versus Superman is actively upsetting. Yes. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, there you go. I feel like Man of Steel is also upsetting. Um, is it fair? It is. Is it better or worse than... I'm looking at my own letterbox, lowest rated movies. Um, is it better or worse than uh, Transformers The Last Night? I remember us having a fun group watch of that. So group, I don't yeah, know. Maybe watch. maybe on the same level as well. How long is Last Night? That one's too long. That one I'm gonna is... Say like that goes to Supergirl. 154 goes. minutes. Yeah. It was like two and a half, yeah. Yeah. Hey, inexplicably, I gave Venom Let There Be Carnage a full Christian star. What do you guys think? <laughs> Supergirl is worse or better than Venom Let There Be Carnage, owner of... Um, what did I get? I don't know what I gave Venom Let There Be Carnage, but it's higher than that. Venom to... I don't know why. I think I gave it a full star because of the scene with the rave. That's so it good. was... <laughs> If I remember correctly, that's like an hour 45 Venom Let There Be Carnage wins. Okay. I have doubled your Venom Let There Be Carnage score. I've given it a full two stars. Whoa. And I stand by both of them. All right. Hey, I respect it. What did, what did I give it? Did I, I, th- I think I might have been one and a half. <laughs> I, might, I might be right in the middle, which doesn't happen very often with, the, with these, these sorts of situations. Let's see. Lowest first. How do I give Dark Phoenix a higher score than X Men Apocalypse? Who am I? <laughs> Change that. I, I I just kept coming up with all sorts of wonderful arguments for it, and you're like, "Well, I guess I've been swayed." Yeah, maybe, or maybe I was just like, "Oh, my friends and I talked about that movie." Here's a star. Okay, I've got Venom. Let there be carnage at a one and a half. So it is snug. It is it is snugly fit in between Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. <laughs> yeah, is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny worse than Supergirl? It's longer. I, I I don't know if I can say it's worse. I will watch Supergirl before I watch Dial yes. of Destiny again. That's a good. All right, one. Yeah. all right. Um, what did I give Man of Steel as a grade on the podcast? While we're just sort of rolling around in a bunch of random movies. Uh, to end. Let me check. I to, think to you fill gave it this enough. out. We got to go at least two hours. Oh no! You gave it a D minus. <laughs> why did I give? Why do I have it as two and a half stars? And okay.
I might I might live update my Man of Steel score here. Oh not, my not goodness. The, not the grade, but my letterbox grade. Oh my goodness. That's even worse. Because I, I, I had him at a two two and a half stars. That's gonna be an old an old rating. I might bring it down to one star, which would put it where I'm planning to put Supergirl. Put it below where I'm planning to put Supergirl. So maybe maybe you've talked me into it. Woo. Because I don't remember why I gave Man of Steel a D minus, and I have found many reasons why I would like it less from these Superman movies. So apparently, uh, if I revisit that, I'd probably be like, actually, I hate this. Is it worse than Jurassic World Dominion or Fallen Kingdom? No, I'm saying no. Uh, wait, which one? Either one. <laughs> these, I haven't seen Fallen Kingdom. Actually, so. might split my. Fallen which Kingdom which? would make a fun group watch because it's just yes. like what? I bet. I bet. Dominion they, is they the one where swings. they don't want to show you dinosaurs. That was yeah. the one I hated. Fallen Kingdom is like mostly in a like house, right? Yes, and they're selling dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it's between. I think it's above Dominion. I think it's okay. below or at Fallen Kingdom. Alex, this is your conscience. Um, I, I, I get, hold on real quick. I, I gave Dominion a D. Uh, I think it might be the same situation. Uh, Dominion, okay. I would probably say is a better film, but I would rather watch Supergirl. I think is where I'm, I'm landing I with that. I think Dominion is nonsense and bad. So, I, well, I mean, you gave it an F, so yeah. Yeah. That, that, that tracks. We're here. Thank you. Alex, this is your recently, uh, rejected conscience. Do you think that Supergirl is worse than Godzilla 98? No, nothing is worse right. than Godzilla 98. All right. What kind of a fool do you take me for? <laughs> there we go. Nothing has Godzilla ever been know. made that will be worse than Godzilla 98. All right. Coming up next week, Alex's recommendation for Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> Still walk- better than... <laughs> I walked right into that one. <laughs> we're, yeah, I, we're eventually gonna do like the leprechaun movies and we'll be on like the oh fourth God. one or is i think one of them goes into space and be like yeah. yep Jurassic or uh godzilla 98 still worse or, i i wonder if that would be the franchise that would break me that that would be the monkey's paw where i'm like i love like old stupid movies let's do it i love bad stuff and then i would get a certain way into the rec- leprechaun movies and go I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I'll take it. I take it back. We can watch X Men, whatever it is now. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Let's watch Echo. I feel like I, feel like I should. I should uh, put this out into the world for posterity because I'm looking at it and I think it's a good. It's a good baseline for us to establish as we move into uh, 2024. And I don't know what exactly we're gonna do. I don't know that we do many things that would like challenge these, but my my personal bottom sixteen, I have a clean four rows, and I believe they are all movies we've done on the podcast, and that is episode three and episode two of Star Wars, because I think they're actually just bad. Suicide Squad, Spider Man three, Justice League the the original, Crimes of Grindelwald, okay. X Men The Last Stand, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, fan four stick avp godzilla halloween 2 you only live twice avp requiem and never say never again this is a good i think this almost says more about me yeah than the movies that i've rated five stars 
we're given a plus. <laughs> I think this is a good Tyler. I'm so glad. There, yeah, I did leave. I did leave one off. Actually, that was 15. Uh, it's the only one that I've hearted of this group, and that is cats. <laughs> I, perfect uh my I'm bottom sorry. 16 I, I, again the thing about letterbox is they assemble these in random order so there are yes. there are movies past this that i've given half a star um i believe i have given in total 38 films half a star <laughs> um but my You're supposed to be the nice one i know but i'm not uh no i am well um my bottom 16 there's a lot of overlap here Rise of Skywalker, Suicide Squad, Scream 6, Greatest Showman, Batman vs. Superman, Man of Steel, Jurassic World Dominion, X-Men Apocalypse, Aerodactyl, Twilight Breaking Dawn, Part what? 2. It's a Pokemon from the Poke Rap, Alex. Oh, you Oh, you know I'm not going to get that. <laughs> uh, 300 Morbius, Halloween Kills, As Above, So Below, Last Airbender, <laughs> Fan Stick, and my own Half Star with a Heart, The Room. <laughs> I really hoped you were going to say also cats. Also, no, uh, cats. I gave a, a one star. Um, okay, okay. Um, the uh, the if I accepting the room, the next one to make a clean sixteen would have been Rob Zombie's Halloween. There you go. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yes. Emotional choices. Yes. I think I, I think I said Halloween two in mine, yeah. and that was that was Rob so, Zombie one. So to be clear, so I and I've only had Letterbox for like a year and some change. I think so. Like. My worst there's, movie of ever of all time, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Well, there's probably a bunch of movies that I have seen that I just don't remember. Yes. And, like, it, you know, yeah. a lot of this stuff is just, like, you know, pickups from the podcast or, you know, stuff that, like, really sticks out. Yeah. So, and, like, I, I save the half star. I, I save that for, like, exquisite, <laughs> like, this is just the worst. Yeah. Um, I have six half stars. <laughs> And then my one stars, it looks like, uh, let's see, so there's three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, sixteen one stars. Okay. So I, I will, I will read them all to you now. <laughs> Do save your half stars for the end. Those okay. are the special, the special ones. Okay, I will go through the one stars. The layers, um, the layers of Alex Hell. Yes. We're learning a lot about ourselves tonight. Um, we, the, we all dislike Rise of Skywalker. So, so the one stars. And I'm sorry, Britain. I gotta lead with it. In no particular order, Supergirl. Oh. A Good Day to Die Hard. Yeah, mine too. You Only Live Twice. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Jupiter Ascending. Rob Zombie's Halloween. My man. Fan Stick. Green Lantern. Jurassic Park 3. Uh, Justice League, the theatrical cut. Wonder Woman 1984. Batman vs Superman, uh, Scream, the the most recent Scream. Oh, um, Quantum Mania. These are the one stars. Yes, yes, these are the okay. one stars. Uh, Attack of the Clones and Rise of Skywalker. Those are the one stars. Wow, Rise of Skywalker got a one star. Okay, well, Carrie Russell, I Rise of Skywalker is, I think, slightly higher. It's not, it's not one of my half stars. Oh, okay. The the half stars are I think as that's follows. A specific Britain hate, yeah, that goes deeper even than the hate that we have for it, which is surprising. But there you go. Yes, the half stars are as follows, and 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 uh, two of these we have not done on the podcast. Uh, half stars, never say never again. Alien versus aliens versus Predator Requiem, 
Godzilla 98. That is the worst. Just neon sign flashing. That is the worst. It will always be. It has been and will always be the worst. (laughs) Assassin's Creed. (laughs) Uh, The Last Airbender and the Twilight Saga Eclipse. (laughs) There you go. Assassin's Creed. I would have loved if you'd had like randomly one like 400 blows. (laughs) Just like, what? Yeah, I make I make such a big deal about like oh eight, I've seen I've seen a foreign <laughs> film I'm yeah. I'm so much more cultured and I end up giving an a half star. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, we I think we have three chances to post some some new movies in these uh, bottom tier list. I'm curious yeah. to see uh, if uh, over the next three weeks. I think uh, Supergirl, as the newest entry on my letterbox list of good bad movies, I think it might have a new friend coming up in a couple weeks. I, I was going to say, I, I think if you're wondering, well, how are you going to get three movies out of the remaining Superman movies? I think you might be you might be forgetting something. So uh, stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to see what that is after our big 400th episode next week, uh, you can find us online at herecomthesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. You can email us at herecomthesequels at gmail.com. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcast. Anywhere you get the podcast. Um, I got nothing else. Don't don't even don't, don't even bother rating. Don't I know you won't do it. Don't even don't even try to convince me that you're thinking about rating. No. No, I I get it. I it's it's like when you know the the, the You'd call AT&T and they're like, hey, would you like to take a brief survey? And you're like, no, I don't want to. I know it's too much work to say you enjoy this podcast so much that you're going to give it five stars. That's all right. That's fine. I've accepted it. We just don't want to be in your half star list. Yeah. Put us higher up. Uh, I mean, (laughs) I'll take it. If it means I'm your supergirl, then great. Yeah. I'd be a supergirl. Like in the movie? Um, I forgot that next week was our big 400th spectacular. Yeah. All together. Uh, 400 years. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Episodes. I've been talking. I've been Britain, and you, and I love Supergirl, and you're having a good night. I forgive you both.